Hi everybody and welcome to this new episode of Music Up Drama Down, a podcast about music, but not only music, all kinds of art. And last time we had uh, Marisa Delimpichka, an amazing guest. Well, first of all, let me introduce uh, the co-host of this podcast, Jimmy Brixton. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Frida. How are you today? Very good. Thanks. Oh, that's that's great to hear. Well, the, the reason why we have our guest today is directly linked to Tamara's Dunipichka, actually, because, um, well, uh, waiting on the line, we have James Hartnett, who's Madonna's uh, biggest collector. So he owns a huge amount of uh, memorabilia items from um, from all things Madonna, really. And as we all know, uh, Madonna collects uh, Tamara's paintings and she featured them in many of her music videos, uh, including Open Your Heart, uh, Vogue, um, and Express Yourself. So without any further ado, I think we should just get James on board so we could start chatting to him. James, are you with us? I am with you. Um, James and I met um, a few years ago, actually, in a cafe in Shoreditch. And we we had a chat because of the T-shirt that you were wearing, right? I remember that day really well. I was really impressed and I was like quite taken back because I had it sort of like a customised Who's That Girl movie vest on, which I got made on, like it was made on Redbubble. It's not official, but it had the official graphics of what they used for the movie soundtrack and prom- promoting the film, the, the, the film graphics of Who's That Girl? And you just saw just the way that the red sort of ink splashes under where it says Who's That Girl? And you recognize that as Madonna. And um, you saw that on my shirt and I was like quite taken back because not many people are gonna recognize graphics from a film and soundtrack from 1987, unless they're as obsessed with Madonna as me, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember the, the, the T-shirt, the vest that you were wearing, in fact. And um, well, let, let's let's hear it from you, really. You, um, I see your uh, daily Instagram posts and you keep coming up with, with your collection and showing yeah. it to the world. So tell us a little <laughs> I'm bit 12, about... I'm a twelfth into it because I'm, um, I've got about nearly about 12,000 things now and I've done just under 2,000 posts. Um, so I've still got quite a lot of stuff to show. Um, yeah, I started doing the Instagram about four or five years ago, just because I wanted to catalogue it. Uh, I want to catalogue it for many reasons, just for my own peace of mind and for my own enjoyment. I, you know, I adore photographing and looking at it and looking at it and getting it out and discovering things that I haven't seen or come across for many years. Um, so I do it for that, and um, also it's just kind of like a really good celebration of of her imagery, of her art, of her work. And um, it's you know it's really interesting to take different things from any era. I try and do something different every day. And just whatever inspires me. And then, of course, I'm still buying and collecting new things all the time as well from all over the world. And um, I just think, it, you know, it's this really this great imagery of her. And um, it, it kind of expresses my passion and ongoing passion and excitement that I get from collecting her because I love her art, her music, her performance so much, still so much to this day. Mm-hmm. And how did you start? When did you start? And what was your first item that you uh, collected? Yeah, so I started like collecting probably unconsciously, really, as a as a child, a very young child. I was obviously um, I was eleven when she when I first saw her, 
And okay, you know, I bought the Holiday 7-inch and my mum bought me the, the Lucky Star 7-inch. And um, so pre Like a Virgin, I was very much into her because she used to come onto the radio, onto a station, it was a pirate radio station, and they used to play her in 1984 constantly. And I remember the Top of the Pops performance and then the Lucky Star video just drove me insane. I was besotted with her as, as much as an 11-year-old boy can be besotted with someone. I was. I was as taken with her then and the way she looked and the way she danced and her voice as much as I am now, which was very bizarre when I think back to it now. But also it was so exciting because I was so into performance and pop stars from George Michael to Michael Jackson to ABBA to the Supremes, all these different performers. And then there she was and she just kind of like knocked them all out the way for me. And I was obsessed with her sound and I adored her sound so much. So the first things I was collecting was the singles and keeping them in mint condition, which was great. I'm, I look back on that now and I'm so pleased I did that. And then I think like one of the first posters I had from her was I tore out of Smash Hits magazine in 1984 when they released Borderline and she did an interview for Smash Hits and it was a really nice, really nice picture when she's in the black sort of vest top with her, her, her finger in her mouth. And I remember putting that on my wall and there wasn't that many kind of posters to have of her. You couldn't buy them in the shops at that point. And so it wasn't until like a virgin came out in the end of November and everything just exploded. She seemed to be almost everywhere. And I vividly remember the displays for the album, Like a Virgin, in my local record store in Suffolk in the United Kingdom, where I grew up. And I remember that back cover image as a big poster, thinking I would do anything to have that. And um, so it just started from there. And then I remember that Christmas, there was the poster of her in the orange jumper, which is still to this day, one of my favorite sh shots of her by a British photographer called Brian Aris, which she did in 84. And she has the orange jumper on with a kind of medal around her neck. It's a very iconic sort of shoot from her now. And she looks so beautiful, timeless, and I adore that. So it's kind of started from there. And then by 85, where she was just on everything and there was single after single, success after success, and she started to become quite global. So magazine covers started to appear magazines that she was in featured on the cover of from all over started to appear and so i just just wanted everything from that very young age and i was very fortunate to kind of not miss much at all i got everything as it came out in the uk and then some things drift over from america as well so by the end of 85 you know, she's released eight singles that year. She, her albums are on fire worldwide. She's this promotion of her everywhere. But I have to say the most, the wonderful thing that I wanted was her music and the remixes and the videos. So having a VHS tape of her videos or any interview that she'd done was more important than any of the memorabilia because first and foremost, I want to see her and I want to watch her and that was the most exciting thing. So getting all the, the memorabilia and the records was almost um, like a souvenir of my love for her. So I thought the more stuff I have of her, it kind of expresses how much I love her. Um, and then we get into the eight, into True Blue, and it, it just, it's, you know, it's phenomenal, the amount of things that were available from her. 
I remember going on a school French trip in 86 and going to like a hypermarket and there was like huge posters of her as Susan in Desperately Seeking Susan of images I'd never seen before. And I was just so blown away and like buying them. So I came back from there very happy. Um, so yeah, I just started from a very young age. So I was 11 years old. So that is almost, oh my God, so 37 years ago, a long time. You talked about uh, Madonna's first album. Actually, uh, Madonna's first album is 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 absolutely my favorite. Um, yeah, and what's the yeah? I think Madonna is the name of, of the album. That's right. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, for years uh, at at home, I've been listening it while you know, uh, for example, when my mom was co cooking or cleaning cleaning the house, and it's just the perfect album to listen to because it's like. Uh, you, you you know you do everything and and you 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 dance while doing the things you're doing while listening to that album because it really makes you dance and um, you know I've never heard any other um, I've never really heard any other albums by, by Madonna and I will definitely check them out now uh, for example True Blue because yeah there, there's a beautiful song in the album True Blue that we're going to talk about later but uh but yeah the the first album really is uh yeah, it's a is great my favorite song. so yeah yeah i agree it's it's fantastic it's what first called me um and it's um, still one of my favorite albums now just that that whole rawness of her sound and her sound is um it's quite unique and like people there's been like things said about her voice for many years and oh she's not the best singer and that really annoys me because I actually think she has a, 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 one of the most unique tones to her voice. Whenever anyone tries to do an impression of her voice, whether it is on TV or whatever, no one can really get her voice up to a fine art because it is so different and so unique. It's a, it, I think it has a softness to it. And then it, I find it very soothing as well, which is, which is wonderful. And I, I love her voice on that record as well. Absolutely. I think uh, Frida and I were actually having um, a conversation about that too. And we both said, Madonna has a very expressive voice, so mm -hmm. she gets to you emotionally. So to me, that is more valuable than hearing a singer who, you know, hits a, a perfectly, um, who, someone who just sings perfectly well and doesn't move anything inside of me, you know? But I, I really think that Madonna has that value to her voice, that she really um, sells you whatever she's trying to say. She's, she conveys, she's almost acting when, when she's yeah. singing, you know, she, she, she uses it as a channel. And yeah, she might not be, you know, the, the greatest singers, but she's, she, she does have her voice. And I think her voice is unique. And, and that is also what made her uh, who she is, if it wasn't for, um, her expressive voice, I think uh, things would have been different as well. I think it's a whole package here that we're talking about for sure. Uh, in fact, let's let's talk about her music a little bit more mm. and the, the the impact that Madonna has had on um, on everyone really since since she came out. I mean, like um, as you said, I mean, like you mentioned George Michael, you mentioned Michael Jackson, Prince, David Bowie, and. Mm. Um, I, I, I remember, I mean, like I was born in, in, in 1990. So by the time I was born, the, you know, a major part of Madonna's recordings came out, like some of the most iconic records have been out already since 10 years. Um, but I remember growing up 
with the, the True Blue um, vinyl, uh, that beautiful artwork of her with, with, uh, with long locks uh, looking up. Um, and I just kept saying and thinking, who is this person? She looked like a goddess. The mm. record sounded fantastic and it made me dream um, with, you know, Lies La Bonita and uh, Papa Don't Preach, Open Your Heart and all of those songs. And I, I, I remember my... Um, uh, in my family, my um, aunt, she was extremely obsessed with Madonna. She had all her music, we had all her vinyls, uh, all her records. And I just kept playing her throughout really my childhood. And it wasn't until uh, actually later on when she released um, Confessions on a Dance Floor uh, that came out uh, when I when I attended high school, so I was in my in my teenager years, yeah, and I really got obsessed with with her, and I think that record influenced me the most because it came out when I was a teenager, and I think that was uh, perhaps one of the uh, one of the biggest records that she's put out, you know, later on in her career. Uh, yeah. So um, so yeah, but I just you know. It, anything from from uh, you know like a prayer to uh, vogue to her 90s as well ray of light um uh, all of it really i think there's such an iconic catalog of music that stood the time um and yeah. and it's just amazing to hear down the time. i agree um i think there was there's been a program on in the uk on channel five on friday evening and it's like the hits of the certain years of the 80s and the 90s and when they played several videos from like say from the true blue album papa don't preach loza bonita true blue they played like a prayer those songs just like propelled back into the itunes top 10 because i think you know especially with the biopic that is hopefully coming i think i have faith that it's coming soon um probably maybe in 2023 um the way things are going now she's back in the writing process again but i think that will ignite a whole huge sort of madonna renaissance for those people that grew up with her who have kind of sort of moved on had children whatever got married and they don't sort of listen to it as much anymore but also to a new audience as well i think a younger audience will be exposed to her sound and i think all it will take is madonna doing the legend stage at glastonbury in 22 23 or 24 and that immaculate collection will have to be reissued over and over because it's just timeless brilliant pop music immaculate collection yes absolutely i think that that's actually um i think that's got the best mixes when i oh, has. made that record it just sounds fantastic. I mean, like the way that the songs have been remixed and the order of the songs, mm -hmm. um, the, the artwork, um, all of it. I think it's it's just um, um, a, a celebration of uh, her music up to 1990, and I think it's oh. it's really a masterpiece of 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 a collection, really. Because um, yeah, it's got them all right. If you if you've got that, you have classic Madonna yeah, you do. in your pocket. <laughs> Her music will constantly stand the test of time and will always be remembered. And I think there's going to be um, a lot of more people 
discovering and getting into Madonna in, in the coming years? In, in terms of music uh, and, you know, the, the songs featured on, on, uh, on that record, my favorite, one of my favorites is True Blue. Um, as I mentioned before, I think it's just, it was a step up for her musically. Uh, it was a much more mature uh, sound that she had done with the, the, the first two records. And it just made her into, you know, the, the queen of pop, I think. I think that's when yeah. she really became huge and she started touring, um, you know, worldwide. And actually, Frida, you might not know this, but she ended the that tour in, in 1987, I believe, yeah. uh, in Italy, and it was broadcasted worldwide because mm. obviously she's, uh, she, she, she's Italian. She's got um, her, her father's from Italy, and she did, um, you know, lots of TV press. She dedicated the entire concert to her family in Italy. And uh, the, it was a huge event in the 80s. I think everyone who watched it live remembers it as uh, one of the highlights of the, of the 80s, if not one of the most important events on, on TV in the 80s as well. And uh, and then, yeah, going back to, to that album, um, one of my favorite songs is uh, Live to Tell. And because I just think it's 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 a great track. It's got that movie sort of um, cinematic sound yeah. to it. Um, obviously, she worked on that record with Patrick Leonard, who's a um, film composer as well. And then the song ended up being on 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 a movie as well. So there's such a you know she does really tell a story in that song, and that's perhaps why the song is called "Live to Tell" as well. And Frida didn't know that song, and so I I, I suggested um, she would listen to it. And I think Frida, now you really like it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful song. I didn't know the song, and I didn't know the album. Like I think I heard it just once, the whole album. And I will definitely check it out because. It's, I mean, the, the song is just amazing and I can't imagine how, I, I can't imagine how the whole album is. Like if that song is just so great, uh, yeah, I, I should definitely check out more. Uh, but yeah, the, the song is, is beautiful. So thanks for um, letting me know the song. No worries. Not only you you now know it, we we you, you know it by heart because we had to practice it a few times. We had to learn the lyrics because uh, we decided to do our own rendition of "Live to Tell," which we're going to be playing really really soon. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, we're not going to be announcing next week's guest because we're going to keep it as. A big big surprise so uh james we're gonna say bye to you now it's been a pleasure having oh, you, thank you on uh if there's anything else you want to say you want to share before we uh play live to tell please do so no i'm just looking forward to to hearing it and um i i love actually hearing uh cover versions of her songs over the years and i think that's it's lovely and i think the fact you know frida i think you're you're obviously much younger than i am and we are and um that you have an interest and that she provokes something new. And it's the same with my 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 nieces and um, they like Madonna as well. And that really touches me that um, her music just goes on. It's just timeless. And um, let's hope she continues for a long time yet. So thanks for having me on guys, I, it's been lovely. Oh, thank you for your time and for sharing your passion. Uh, okay, Frida, let's live to tell. Yeah. <laughs> 
it well I was now ready for the Where will they? 